glory And Jesus came like a stranger in the night Praise the Lord, I saw the light I saw the light, I saw the light No more darkness, no sorrow inside praise the Lord I saw the light just like the blind man I wandered along worries and fears I claim for my own and like that blind man who God gave back Praise the Lord, I saw the light, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night, now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside, praise the Lord, I saw the light. To have wandered and strayed A narrow gate and straight is the way But now I have traded the wrong for the right Praise the Lord, I saw the light I saw the light, I saw the Good morning and welcome to Faith on Hill's online Sunday service. Uh, This is week two of what we're hoping is a two-week pause. Now, to be honest, this is a pre-recorded service. So at this point, I don't know what final decision our leadership has come to. Hey, Pastor Adam here. Um, This is the part of the announcements. This is all pre-recorded, right? And this is the part of the announcements where I was saying that We don't know what's going to happen next Sunday because at that point we didn't. However, a couple days ago, the state government issued new safety guidelines. And so it's a four-tier system. You might have read about it in the news. And we in Clackamas County are in tier four. That's highest risk. 
And uh, But even so, with the new tier system, we'll be able to do in-person services starting next Sunday, as well as our online services. Uh, so next Sunday at 1030, we'll be online. We'll also be in-person, socially distanced with masks. Um, that being said, the, the numbers in Clackamas County are really high. And so if you don't feel good, uh, and even if it's met so many of these uh, stories you hear about people that got COVID, they said, I just felt like I had allergies or I just felt a little run down. Um, so what we don't want is somebody who just feels a little run down or feels like they have allergies and they have COVID and we don't want them showing up. So be smart. Uh, we put a huge effort into our online services and we're going to continue to. Uh, in fact, we're doing things behind the scenes to increase uh, the quality of them. So uh, uh, next Sunday at 1030, we'll be online and in person. Uh, but if you can stay home, or if you feel like you need to stay home because you're just not feeling good in any way, shape, or form, uh, then we'll be here online as well. So uh, good to see everybody. I'm sure right now I'm saying hi to everyone in the chats and all that, um, but uh, I'm going to do some computer magic and I'm going to edit us back into the service that was already pre-recorded like that. I'm going to wave my hands and there'll be nice. magic. I hope that you've had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope that the, this last week, uh, even though it is different than normal, you've had a chance to reflect and consider all the ways that God has been blessing us, and, and God has still been good to us no matter how hard 2020 has been. Uh, a couple of ways that uh, we are still working and serving in our community is we are doing a toy drive for the Toy and Joy program uh, to serve underprivileged children in our community. We are still doing that drive. So encourage you to get toys for kids as well as our food drive for Wichita Family Center. Both of those things are still happening and I'm going to assume that in the video that uh, I'm going to make in the future uh, that we'll be able to tell you how we're going to be collecting those things. So the, the things to remember are uh, the toy drive for Toy and Joy, the food drive for Wichita Family Center, and uh, be on the lookout for where we're posting our announcement uh, for what we are doing next week as far as meeting in person or just being online. We're continuing our series of messages on the stories of the Christian faith, and it's a, a topic that's not, you know, a yay kind of topic, but looking forward to hearing about what the Bible actually has to say about Satan or the devil. All right, we'll see you here as we open our Bibles and study God's Word. Now, I hope that you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope that you ate far too much turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and all of that. And uh, I hope that you just had a wonderful time, even though we were uh, not able to gather in large groups, that, that you were uh, just feeling the blessings of God this week. Uh, I want to bring our attention to, we've been doing this series on the stories of the Christian faith. And we've been asking and answering three questions. What's the story that people tell? What's the story that God tells? And what's the story that people actually live by? This week, we're going to talk about the story of Satan. Now, um, when I was younger, Saturday Night Live had a reoccurring character called the church lady. And if there was something she didn't like, uh, you know, she'd say, I wonder who could be the cause of that. Satan. You know, and that was the, the, the bit, right? Um, Satan has become sort of a comical character in a lot of our pop culture. 
you know, the, the, one of the reoccurring uh, bits on the Far Side comics when I was growing up was, was a sort of a, a hell landscape or you have the, the jokes or you have the movies or it's a horror film kind of thing, you know, and, and something truly grotesque and scary. But what do people actually think and believe? Most Americans actually do not believe that Satan is real. And I'm, I'm getting that both from a New York Times article from 1997 and a Barna research poll 20 years later. It hasn't changed. Most Americans do not believe that Satan is real. Most Americans don't think that, it, that there's a real devil. Uh, some people do believe in the devil, and, and that majority of Americans that don't believe the devil is real is not a large majority. So there's a sizable minority who do believe the devil is real. And of those, they say that Satan is the equal or opposite of God. In fact, even people who don't believe in a literal Satan might believe in this idea that there is a cosmic good and a cosmic evil, and Satan is the representation of that evil. That, that there's God and the equal opposite is the devil. And you see that in our literature, in our fiction, in our film, this idea that, that, that God needs the devil. Or there, that there has to be two equal and opposing forces always at war with each other. We're going to see in a minute that that's not what the Christian faith says. Some people, they, they view Satan kind of like the Far Side comic. Or, or uh, you know, the Adam Sandler movie, uh, Little Nicky. You know, that Satan is the overseer or the lord of hell. Uh, and this is based in ancient mythology. The idea that there's, you know, Hades, the god of the dead or the god of the underworld. And that... Satan is just sort of a minor deity, and his job is to torment all the bad people. He's a bad dude, but he, his job or his role is when you die, if you are bad, he will then torment you for all the rest of eternity. And he's in charge of hell, and God's in charge of heaven, and if you're a good person, God will just basically be your cruise director, and everything is happy and good, and if you're a bad person, you go down to hell where Satan and his minions will torment you. Neither of these is what the Bible actually says. What does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says that Satan is real. Satan is real. Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus affirms a literal, real Satan. Now, that's just one of many places in the gospel that make it clear that the Christian faith believes that there is a literal Satan, or actually the word itself is the Satan, it's a Hebrew word. It means the accuser or the tempter, the Satan, this, this enemy of God and his people. He's real, but he's created. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, makes it very clear. And you can, I'm going to have the notes posted in the chat. And you can go on your own and read these verses and see that the Christian faith claims, you might disagree, you might not believe the same thing, but the but the Bible teaches that Satan is both real and created. Created is so important. The Bible teaches that God created all things. If Satan is a created being, he is not God's equal or opposite. He is God's inferior, his lesser. That he is evil not because God made him evil, but because he chose to not follow God's ways, to rebel. But he's just a created being. He serves a purpose. There, there isn't a concern that he might win. 
the Bible says that he's actually destined for hell. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been, th- had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever. So this idea that Satan is the Lord of hell and that if you die and you're a bad person, then you go to hell and Satan will torment you is not true. Hell was actually designed for the devil. Hell is meant for his torment. The bad people were not meant for hell. God's intention is that through Jesus, we would be saved. The Bible says that God desires that none would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. God's desire is for you to be with him in eternity. Hell was created for the devil. And if you or someone you know goes there, it's not because that was where God wanted them to end up. And it's not because that's Satan's domain where he will torment them. No, he himself, the devil, will be tormented for all eternity. Now this word, Satan, or the Satan, is a Hebrew word for accuser. But it's used directly 35 times in the New Testament for a person. The Bible says that the devil has been defeated in principle. John chapter 16, verse 11, says that the devil has been defeated. But he's not defeated in conclusion. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, says that that time hasn't happened yet. So what, what the Christian faith says about Satan is this, that he has been defeated by Jesus through his death and resurrection on the cross. But that defeat is not final or conclusive yet until Jesus returns and sets things right. I read a lot of history, and the, the, the two points of history I read the most is either biblical history, which believe it or not, I don't just read for work. I, I read it out of actual interest and enjoyment, but also World War II history. And there are points in in World War II history where historians will say, at this point, the war was functionally lost, that the Allies had won and nothing could have really changed that. It was just waiting for the conclusion. And that's exactly the same thing is true with world history in terms of the Christian faith. When Jesus rose from the dead, Satan was functionally defeated. His defeat is certain. There is no way for it to turn around. We're just waiting for the conclusion. What the Bible says that Satan is doing is that he's a liar. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. What is it that God told Adam and Eve? He said, eat from this tree and you will live, but if you eat from this tree, you will die. And the devil comes along and he tempts Eve and he says, you won't die. No, no, God, God knows that if you eat from that tree, you'll be like him. So he is a liar. And understand, he's not God's equal or opposite. He's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. But understand that we have an enemy. And I often prefer the term enemy because it, when you say the word devil or Satan, it has a lot of baggage. But this, we have an enemy who lies. And the enemy is going to lie about who you are, about who God is, about how God views you. You want to know the difference between condemnation and conviction? 
Condemnation is never from God. The Bible says that because of Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans chapter 8. So if you ever feel condemnation, that is from the enemy. Conviction is from God. How do you tell the difference? Condemnation is being pressed down, is being oppressed. It's when the enemy lies and says, you aren't worthy, you aren't valuable, you aren't loved. That's a lie, but that's condemnation. Oh, you screwed up again, you sinned again, you failed again unworthy. That's that pressing down, that condemnation. Conviction pushes us forward. Conviction's from God. Conviction is when God looks and says, yes, you failed again, but I have power for you to succeed and overcome this. And I want to push you forward away from this, this pit that you have dug for yourself. And I want to push you out of that pit and forward on the road that I have for you. That's conviction. If you have condemnation, that's not from God, it's from the enemy. If you have conviction, that is from the Lord to bring you past the attacks of the enemy. So Satan is a liar, Genesis chapter 3. He's an accuser. Job chapter 1 starts with Satan, and, and Job tells us that Satan apparently has some kind of access to the heavenly throne room. And he comes before God the Father and he says, hey, Job only loves you because you do good things. And Satan makes accusations against Job. Job only follows you because his life is easy. Job only this, Job only that. He's the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 calls him that. It says, hey, they're the accuser of the brethren. That, that he goes and he not just lies to us, but then he goes and he says things to God. Hey, did you see what, what Margaret did last week? Hey, hey, did you see that, that, uh, that racist joke that he laughed at last week? Hey, did, do you see that, that uh, impure thought that she had last week? Hey, do you see that selfishness that, that he exhibited? He's making accusations against you and me to God. And God's saying, nope, nope, they are covered in the blood of Jesus. They are covered in the holiness of Jesus. But Satan is a liar, he's an accuser, and he's a destroyer. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says that he is, wants to destroy you. And Peter knew a thing or two about that. Because Peter was talking to Jesus, and Jesus said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And if you don't know what that is, because we're not farmers, but to be sifted like wheat means to be shaken, means to be torn apart. You know, you get, you get the wheat and they would shake it all up so that they could get to the kernel, the actual nutrient part, the grain that they wanted, and to get rid of all the extra stuff. And you say, he just wants to mess you up, man. He just wants to take you and he wants to, if, if we were to say, I think if Jesus were to live in our day, he might have said, instead of sifted like wheat, he might have said, hey, Peter, Satan wants to put you through the ringer. Hey, Satan... Peter, Satan wants to mess you up. But he says, don't worry, Peter, I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. Scripture says that Jesus, the Son, sits at the right hand of God the Father, and he daily makes intercessions for us. He, he goes, 
Jesus the Son goes to the Father on our behalf and he says, hey, this one's mine. She's special to me. She's, she's covered by my blood. And so these accusations, these lies, these attempts to destroy us, we're covered. The story that God tells about Satan is he's very real and he's trying to mess you up and he wants to destroy everything that God loves, but he is defeated. And he can lie, but Jesus brings the truth. He can accuse, but Jesus brings his grace. He can try to destroy, but Jesus brings his power and his redemption. And I think that's the question we have to ask about the stories that we live by when it comes to the story of Satan. I believe that people can either give him too little or too much credit. Some people are, are like ostriches, right? They just stick their heads in the sand and just say, you know what? There's nothing going on. There isn't a spiritual realm. There isn't a spiritual reality, spiritual warfare. That's just the things that weirdos talk about, you know? And then we just stick our heads in the sand like an ostrich and pretend that there isn't a war going on for the souls of people. Some people give too much credit and they, they treat Satan like sort of a myth. Oh, you know, the boogeyman's out to get me and every little thing that goes wrong, you know, why did that go wrong? Well, because it, it must be the devil coming to get me. Well, no, maybe it's just that you, life happened. You know, we live in a, a broken world. Maybe, maybe something just happened because of brokenness. Or maybe something happened because you weren't doing what you're supposed to do. Or maybe something happened just because something happened. I don't want to give him too much credit. He's not omnipresent. He's not all-powerful. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He thought he was, I guarantee he thought he was going to win when Jesus went to the cross. He doesn't know what he's doing. Jesus had him beat. He didn't even see it coming. I don't want to give him too little credit. I don't want to give him too much. But I want to recognize my enemy. I want to be aware. Something's going on. You know, there's a pressure coming, an oppression coming. I want to pray, Lord, deliver me from the attacks of the enemy. If I, if I, if, if I have a temptation that just seems to come out of nowhere, Lord, deliver me from this temptation from the enemy. Now, do I believe that Satan himself is tempting me? No, I don't think I'm that important. Satan is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once. Uh, the Bible talks about fallen angels who went with him. And there's a verse in Revelation that kind of indicates it might have been a third of the angels followed Satan into his rebellion. So I personally believe that the enemy collectively is out to get us and that, that if I'm under spiritual attack or you're under spiritual attack, it's likely not Satan. I tend to think that he's dealing with the, the, the big fish, you know. Um, but if, if we are under spiritual attack, it's, it's one of these spiritual beings doing the attacking. And so I pray, Lord, deliver us. Lord, protect us. I think those are all very valid prayers. And they work and they're powerful because we recognize Christ's victory. I want to read from Revelation chapter 20 to the very end of your Bible. Basically, if you open to like the last page and just work back a little bit, you'll get there. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7 says, When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the four corners of the earth, 
Gog and Magog and gather them for battle. In number they will be like the sand of the seashore, and they marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur with the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You might be saying, wait, thousand years are over. Satan was in prison. What's going on? If you have a question about that, can you just, you can ask me, adam at faithonhill.com. No problem uh, taking a moment to explain that. But let's just say this. There's going to come a point when Jesus returns, the second coming of Christ, where he establishes his rule on this earth of peace and justice. And Satan will be bound and restricted. But there's going to come a point where he will be released and one final rebellion will happen and there will be people that go with him. And they try to go up and, and destroy God and his people as if they could. And this is the conclusion of his defeat. And then he's thrown into the lake of fire, into hell for the rest of eternity. I pray knowing Jesus' victory. And when the lies of the enemy come, I know Jesus' victory. When the accusations of the enemy come, I know Jesus' victory. When the destructive forces of the enemy come, I know Jesus' victory. I'll tell you, you... Yvonne Phillips has been such an inspiration to me in this area. And I have learned so much from her in the last few years about that. About in these moments that you look to Jesus because Jesus is victorious. And you pray to Jesus because Jesus is victorious. And we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Because Jesus is victorious and he has conquered the valley of death and he has conquered the liar and he has conquered the accuser and he has conquered the destroyer and he has no victory. You know, most Americans don't believe Satan's real. They're wrong. And they're wrong at their own peril. Heaven is very real. Hell is very real. Spiritual warfare is very real. But Jesus and his victory is the most real thing that I can know, that I can rest in, that I can trust in. So whatever story we're telling, if Jesus' victory isn't the beginning and the end of that story, we're going to be off course. But if Jesus' victory is front and center, then we'll end up all right. I believe that. Now, I know that I, this is an overview sort of thing, so if you have questions, feel free to reach out. I'd love to, to answer any questions, but just know that Jesus has conquered sin and death. He's conquered the devil, and he's saving us from this world of darkness. We can trust in him. God bless you. Hey, Pastor Adam here with you one more time. I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us this Sunday or whenever it is that you're watching this. Uh, if you're online, either at faithonhill.com or on our Facebook, drop a message in the chat. If you haven't already, say hello. We'd love to know that you're here with us and say hello to you. Um, if you have any questions, I know that this was a um, controversial topic. Over half of, uh, of Americans don't even believe that the things we talked about today are real. 
So if you have any questions about anything I said, feel free to email me at adam at faithonhill.com. Love to discuss those things with you. Um, finally, we are going to respond, as we do every Sunday morning, to what God's been speaking to us. And we respond in three main ways here at Faith on Hill. Um, we respond through giving. And it, again, this isn't a plea for money. If, if you're not regularly part of our church, uh, we're, not, we're not trying to squeeze you. You know, this is uh, a way that people that Faith on Hill is their church, uh, that we worship the Lord and we give to the work that God is doing. But we encourage everybody everywhere to find a way to be generous, especially during the holiday season. So even if you're not giving uh, to Faith on Hill, that you could give to the Lord in some way. I'd encourage you to find some way this week to be generous with the money that God has given to you. Also, we respond through worship, and in a moment we're going to sing a song together. And finally, we respond in prayer. And if you don't sing a single note during this song, but you just pray either in your own heart or with the people that you're with and, and just respond however God has been speaking to you. If God has spoken to us through the music, he's spoken to us through the prayer, he's spoken to us through uh, the teaching of his word, he's spoken to us through his Holy Spirit. So we respond to what God has been speaking to us through acts of worship and giving and prayer. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Thank